0: Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and big tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Welcome to episode 10 of Cocktails and Capital. I hope you're having a wonderful last week of August. So we are actually recording this today on National Dog Day. So I spent the day just kind of hanging out with Moose and Tucker of uh, Tatum County. Moose is my Great Dane. Uh, He is head of security uh, here at Tatum County, And then Tucker is actually a Skipper Key, a lesser known dog breed. Um, and Tucker is actually our COO and head of tax practice in case you didn't know. Um, yes, crazy dog mom here. Um, but I spent the day just kind of giving them extra love and cuddles. And we went on a nice long walk this morning. Um, and they are over on my Instagram all the time at Tatum Accounting on Instagram. If you ever want to get a glimpse of Tucker and Moose, uh, just kind of running the show over here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so happy National Dog Day, belated if you're listening to this uh, on time, to all of the dogs out there who listen to Cocktails and Capital. Um, So today we are going to get into some of the ways that my product-based business listeners can get um, into some cost savings when you're selling online. So what we're going to do is we're going to go over some of the costs you can expect when selling products online. Um, And then we're going to go over the difference between that wonderful chart of accounts line item called cost of goods sold and then your other expenses and why we don't want to class the two um, incorrectly. And then how we're going to save our costs while selling online. So let's just dive right in here. Uh, There are so many, so many costs that you can incur when you're selling products online. So the biggest expense is going to be hosting your products, right? That's how we get our name out there. That's how we get our products out there. It's how we get seen, how we get customers, how we process our transactions. That's the bread and butter of the business, right? So those are going to be our platform fees. And a lot of times our merchant transaction fees. And so when we think of this, we're going to think about things like Shopify, Etsy, uh, PayPal, Square. Spousely, if you're a military spouse or first responder spouse, um, Amazon web store, things like that are all these places that are going to host your platform and cost you money on the platform side. The other side, the flip side of that is if you're going to self host a online store. So you're going to incur the cost of your website, which could be annual, it could be monthly. You're going to have your domain name costs. And then you're going to run into all those wonderful uh, shiny app costs. Um, I like to call it shiny app syndrome instead of shiny object syndrome because um, I run into shiny app syndrome all the time. Um, so <laughs> anytime I can find an app that will help me do even the smallest thing that will take the smallest thing off my plate, I will add its cart and I will pay the fee for it. Um, so. With that, you'll find things like comments sold is a huge one. Um, that will get you another app cost. That's also a platform that could add an additional fee. Um, live chat apps, where you know someone, someone quote unquote, will be there right away when a customer enters your website and we'll have a chat box pop up and it will be you quote unquote there to live chat with them immediately help them through their transaction help them pick a product etc cetera, etc cetera. and then there's also apps like um, AI technology that will help upsell while someone is shopping on your website and so there's all kinds of shiny apps that can Magically make you spend way more money than you ever intend to and drop that net income lower than you ever intended it on being Another huge cost that you might run into when you're selling online is going to be your sourcing fees or your materials cost And what is all wrapped into that is not just the cost of your Raw inventory, which could be so many things if you're, if you're making clay jewelry A lot of your costs could be in the form of your actual clay. It could be your stamps. It could be your um, metal pieces for the earring backs, for dangly earrings, for necklaces. Um, But then you also have the actual fees for sourcing. So you have your shipping costs from your manufacturer of the clay. Um, You have the sales tax that you're paying to those manufacturers. You can have any fees that those sourcers are charging you. You could have third party merchant fees if you're using third parties to source your items for you. Um, So those are all fees that are going to be associated with the actual sourcing of your inventory and that product that you're making. And that's all going to affect the bottom line of your product. Then we go into the shipping of your products. So we all know that you can expect to incur shipping costs when you're selling products online. When you have remote buyers, you're going to have to ship the product to them. There are so many shipping options out there for remote sellers from Shippo to Pirate Ship. Um, You can choose from so many. You can go straight to the post office and to UPS. That's going to be your more expensive options, Um, but there are so many options out there for shipping as a seller. And at the same time, when you're looking at who you're going to ship through, You also have to think about your labels, your label maker, label printer. You have to think about the ink for that printer um, and all those costs that go into the actual shipping of those packages. And that leads me into the next cost, which is your packaging. I've talked about before kind of the costs that can go into packaging of materials. You can make packaging as least expensive as you'd like, or you can spend so much money on packaging. Um, It will depend on so many different factors, like the experience that you wanna provide to your customers, um, how you would want to have an item packaged and shipped to you, what your brand is like, what you want your brand to be like in the future, so many, so many things, what your revenue looks like, what you can afford for packaging, if you want it to be sustainable, um, there's so many factors that go into packaging, but packaging can range in cost completely. Um, and, and packaging gets it more expensive in the fewer, like the less bulk quantity that you buy. So the more you buy in bulk for packaging, the cheaper it gets. But when you have fewer sales, the issue becomes that you have so much bulk packaging laying around, but you have you don't have enough sales to use up all the packaging that you have sitting here in your Okay. The next thing we have to think about. Yes, I know there's even more costs. There's, we're going through at least like five or six more. Um, like I said, there's, there's a ton of costs when you're a product based business. Um, so the next thing that we're going to look at is going to be returns and refunds. Um, I know that, returns and refunds don't necessarily seem like they're an expense that you have to think about but they are a negative on your income statement and they are something that you need to allocate funds for to hit your hit your revenue essentially Um, and it is something that you will incur when you're selling online people will be unhappy with the product that they've received or there will be an issue in shipping sometimes things get lost in the postal service A dollar amount in your budget when you're selling online just needs to be allocated for returns and refunds. You need to have an ironclad shipping policy for your returns and refunds. So if you are going to require that your customers pay for the return shipping, then that's just what you have to stick to. If you are going to pay for that return shipping yourself, allocate that into your uh, return and refund budget and then that way, you have a way to use that financial data going forward when you make your decisions on pricing, on uh, what you can afford going forward when you're looking at your budget later on and your expense management. Uh, and just you can make better decisions going forward when you know what you're allocating your funds to. The next thing is our software. So, on top of your website or your selling platform you want to have something to manage your inventory with, and that can integrate or be your platform, um, but it could also be external of your platform or your website. So you wanna look at things like inventory management, you wanna look at a customer relationship management software. Again, that can integrate or be your platform, but Sometimes the platform that you're using or the website that you're using might not be adequate enough to manage your customer relationships. And you'll want something that will pull the customer data from where they're buying from and turn it into more manageable customer relationship data. And then last but certainly not least important is your bookkeeping software. So we all know I'm not going to get too far into it. Um, but that is going to be a big one that you're, it is the cost that you're going to incur, but you do want to keep those records and make sure they're up to date so we can make these decisions going forward. And then finally, the top four, probably most important ones for you are going to be permits for the different states that you're selling in, depending on your sales volume. And what I mean by permits are going to be business licenses, sales tax permits, depending if you've met sales tax nexus in those states. That is a huge topic with so much detail to it um, that we really don't have time to get into on this episode that is probably a whole episode on its own if you would like an episode on sales tax nexus uh, I'd be happy to try to explain it to you and business license permits again if you've met sales tax nexus for any state where you'll have to pay sales tax you would have to register the business in those states but also for the state that you are already doing business in, you will have to register as a business and pay their licensing fee. Storage costs. If you have inventory that you are holding on to that is waiting to be shipped, waiting to be purchased, you'll have to have storage for that inventory. And if it's not in your home or um, in a space that is free, you'll have to pay to store it somewhere. Insurance to cover that inventory in case something happens to it. We wanna make sure that we have insurance coverage on that inventory. If you are storing it in your home, make sure that your homeowner's insurance is aware of that and that it is covered under your homeowner's insurance policy because it might not be. So that is definitely something to look into. Make sure you check into that. And last but certainly not least important at all in the eyes of the government, is our taxes, our tax expense. When you're selling online, you have to make sure that you're tracking your sales tax accurately, you're tracking your income tax for estimated tax payments. And those two are so, so, so important and are affected by things like your net income if you're in a loss, if you're in a profit. Um, And then your sales tax is affected by what state you're selling to, you have to track how much money you've sold to each state, and so many, so many things. So all of those 11 points um, are really good costs to keep an eye on when selling your products online. So quick recap, we've got platform fees, uh, self-hosting of your platform, which would just be your website fees, sourcing fees, including your cost of goods sold, your raw inventory fees, shipping, uh, refunds and returns, packaging costs, software costs, permits, storage, insurance, and taxes. So you're probably sitting here thinking to yourself, well, Sarah, you just said that all of those costs affect me selling products online, right? So all of those costs are going to affect my product, my bottom line. So they're all going to go into cost of goods sold, right? No, wrong, incorrect. They're not going to cost of goods sold. Some of them are, some of them are not. So real quick, let's just talk about the difference between cost of goods sold and your ordinary general administrative expenses. Cost of goods sold is only the costs that are directly associated with manufacturing or creating the product that you are selling. Um, your general ordinary admin expenses typically called your general and admin expenses um, is all other costs included when running your business when you think about the expenses that i just mentioned and everything that i talked about the ones that stick out like a sore thumb that do not belong in cost of goods sold would be your insurance, your storage costs, software, and your platform fees. All of those are going to be general and administrative costs. They're going to be overhead costs. They will will affect your bottom line, but they're not going to go into your cost of goods sold. They're not directly affecting the Cost of your product. So what's going to go into that cost of goods sold? What's going to go into that cost of goods sold is your sourcing fees, your inventory costs, your your the clay that you're buying to make those clay earrings, or the soy you're buying to make your soy wax candles, the coffee beans you're buying to make your cold brew coffee, the packaging materials you're buying to ship the product to your customers, the shipping costs that you're paying in order to ship Product to your customers. Those are the costs that are going to go into cost of goods sold. And what happens with cost of goods sold is it gets put right underneath your revenue. And revenue minus cost of goods sold equals out to gross profit. So if you go into your QuickBooks account and you look at your income statement later today, after you listen to this podcast, you'll see that there is a revenue at the very top of your income statement, and then you have your cost of goods sold, and it will produce gross profit right underneath there. And then underneath all of that, you have all these other expenses. All those other expenses are your general ordinary admin expenses. Then at the very bottom, you'll have your net income. And that is your cost of goods sold versus your ordinary admin expenses. So all of that to say, the root of this episode, the title, why you came here. How are we going to save costs while we're selling online? (laughs) So are we going to decrease expenses or are we increasing prices? We can do both. We can do both. First, let's talk about decreasing expenses. The first thing we can do when we look at decreasing expenses is we can look at changing our shipping provider. So I mentioned earlier that there's so many different shipping outlets on the internet from Shippo to pirate ship. And what those outlets do is they compare the shipping costs. When you type in an address, the weight of your product that you're shipping, they will search through USPS, UPS, FedEx to find the cheapest shipper for that product. And generally what you'll do is you'll, pick your preferred shipping provider after a while and then it will just run through your preferred provider after a certain time period um, because you'll find that the cheapest one is typically UPS or FedEx or USPS depending on where you are locally. Um, But it never hurts to check other shipping providers after a little bit of time. So if you're currently using Pirate Ship and after a while, it looks like it's just so expensive, it might be worth going over to Shippo and just checking out if they might have lower pricing and if they might be able to get you better pricing on your shipping in general and see if maybe you can lower the rate on your shipping costs. The next thing that you can do is talk to your material providers, your ingredient sourcers, and see if... You can communicate with those people that you're building relationships with over a period of time and discuss with them possible ways to save costs there. What you can typically do when you've built relationships with your ingredient sourcers or your materials providers is see if they could either, instead of you paying right away upfront on your materials, is see if you can get invoiced for them. And then when you get invoiced on credit, see if they could give you a discount for paying that invoice early. Sometimes with larger companies who are able to invoice you on credit, what you'll see on their net terms section on their invoice is something like two forward slash 10 net 30. What that means is that if you pay the invoice within the first 10 days of receipt, you can get a 2% credit on the total amount of the invoice. that is sometimes, depending on the amount of the invoice, huge, huge savings. Now, if you pay the invoice between day 11 and day 30, you're not going to get any amount of credit on it, but it doesn't hurt you either. You'll just pay the full amount of the invoice. So that's one way to kind of work that relationship that you've been working with your sourcers and your um, manufacturers to get some discount or some relief on the expenses and the amount of money that you're spending on your materials and your your ingredients and use the relationships that you've built to to get some money back. The other thing that you can do is talk to them and see if purchasing in greater quantities or purchasing less frequently might help save you money on their freight costs. So if you're buying large items like pallets worth of material, see if purchasing less frequently or purchasing more if you're not quite at the pallet level yet, but if you do buy a pallet of material, if that might save you less, if that might save you more money on freight cost, even though you might spend a little bit more at the time on materials cost. So you'll have to do a little bit of math on materials versus freight and see what the outcome is. If there's a cost um, benefit to the extra expense on the material side, because you will the materials into making product. So that is one way, additionally, to uh, try to decrease expenses. The other option to decrease expenses would be to review your return and refund policy that we talked about earlier and make some adjustments. If you're feeling that your return or your refund policy might be a little bit loose um, and that you need to make it a little bit more stringent, uh, that might be worth a review. That Could typically be a little bit more of a legal aspect question, and we're not a legal podcast, so I would have to not give too much advice on this particular section, but it is a point that I wanted to throw out there for you if you were thinking about possibly uh, making adjustments to your return or your refund policy. That is one way that you could try to save some expenses in the future. And then finally, review your packaging. I've talked about it before, I'm gonna talk about it again. (laughs) Um, And I'm sure this won't be the last time I talk about it. Could your packaging be more cost-effective than it is now? Um, And I know sustainability is huge. Um, I know we want to protect the earth. We want to make it last as long as possible. But could it be cost-effective while remaining sustainable? Are there other options out there that are maybe a little bit cheaper while still being sustainable? Is there something that we could cut back on while making the brand experience still the same that it is. Like we don't have to sacrifice on brand experience, on customer experience while still saving a little bit of money on the packaging. So those four options might be something to look into if you're trying to decrease the expenses side while selling online. What I want to do now is kind of look at the increasing prices side while selling online what we're not going to do though is we're not going to lose customers while we're increasing our prices i know that is a huge concern especially right now but again from my point from last week and if you didn't listen to last week that if you didn't listen to last week's episode it's all about increasing your revenue while selling online um and even if you're not selling online about increasing revenue product based service based anybody just increasing your revenue in general without losing customers without losing your client base and the number one way that you do that point blank is that you don't you're going to lose some people people will be afraid of price increases it's just the way that it happens Um, People are a little tight on their pocketbooks sometimes, and that's fine. What you have to do, though, and like I said last week, sweeten the pot or remind them why the pot is sweet. So we're going to remind them of our value. We're going to display our value right in front and center for our clients, and that is the number one way that we're going to retain the most amount of customers while we're increasing our prices. So... How are we going to increase our prices? Incrementally, like I said last week, if you do want to increase your prices, I would highly recommend listening to episode nine, last week's episode. Uh, It goes so, so, so in depth on how to do this, and I do cover how to minimize the risk of losing your customers while you are increasing your prices. When you are increasing those prices, the three main ways that I'm going to suggest that you hold on to your customers though, is sweetening that pot, reminding them why the pot is sweet, Um, and then also your loyalty programs, sales, and bundle options. Make sure you have those bundle options front and center on your website, your selling platform, anywhere, everywhere, make it so visible, so known. Bundle options are proven to increase your transaction volume and your individual transaction rate. So make sure those bundle options are clearly visible for your customers. That is everything I have for you today. That is how you're going to save costs while selling online. I hope that this episode was helpful. I hope it was inform informational. Um, if you guys have any questions, please reach out, uh, email, Instagram, However you'd like to reach out to me, I am here for you. I am happy to answer your questions and I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week and I will see you here next Wednesday. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.